We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is an interesting one. Jacob Kraft, after this weekend's commitments, who will be the most important target remaining on the board? So let's assume, for the sake of Jacob's question, that they get Micah Bell tonight, for argument's sake, Rico mm-hmm. Flores on Sunday, and then Christian Gray on Monday. At that point in time, who is the most important remaining recruit on the board? This is, yeah, I'm going to let you guys go first because you're, you're, you're probably not going to like my answer. <laughs> I, I'm look. I'm not. I'm not going to say Dante Moore at this point, just because I'm. I'm just going to take it off the table for now, because it's just where everything's trending. I'm going to say the most important recruit that's left on the board for me is Jaden Greathouse, in my opinion, because there's two wide receivers in this hypothetical where you're going to get Rico Flores, you're going to get a Braylon James that's already in the class. I am very high on Jaden Greathouse. I think he can come in and he can play a lot early. So he slightly sludges, uh, slightly, ugh, slightly, I don't even know what the word I'm trying to say is. He slightly edges out. There we go. I'm losing my mind. Slightly edges okay. out Jason Moore in this conversation. Oh. He would have been my number two, though. That's where I was going to go. I was going to go Jason Moore. I think he's a game changer at defense, you know, on the defensive line. And I, 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 I love what he brings. I love his film. I think he is huge on the defensive line. That's who I was going to go with. If we're not talking about the other more. He said most important, not favorite. So I'm not going to say Jaden Osbury. Uh, to me, defensively, I, I think it's, I think it's Jason Moore. I, I do defensively. I think it's Jason Moore simply because I mean, football still a trench game. It is. That's why Oklahoma and Lincoln Riley have zero national titles. It's still a game that's won and lost in the trenches. And to me, he he makes this defensive line class elite. I mean, truly, like it's really, it's. Let me. I think it's kind of already elite. Would anybody want to disagree with that? I mean, with yeah. Keon Key, it's already elite. He makes it generational, is what yeah, I'm trying to say. And and then you add in last year's haul, and all of a sudden it's like, well, over a two-year span, I, I don't know if I'd trade that group with anybody, and it fits in so well together. Offensively, I'm still going Dante Moore. Uh, and I, Ryan, I completely understand where you're coming from. But for yeah. me, you had this all-in strategy, which you should have had. If you're going to be all-in, you need to be all-in and, and see it through. And 
you know, you kind of have to start looking at other quarterbacks, but I would still, I would personally still recruit Dante Moore. And the reason I say that is, is because he still moves the needle for you sure. big time as a player. And I still feel like, you know, and I know that he's allowed, he's allowed others around him to kind of allow his recruitment to go in a way that has hurt his reputation in some ways that has allowed a narrative about him. And Ryan, I think you went off on this a little bit the other day. That's allowed a narrative about him as a person to be Mm -hmm. created that we don't think reflects truly who Dante is. And then ultimately that's up to him, but he's still a kid who's back to back 4.0 semester kid, you know, who brags about that. I think he's, he's a really thoughtful kid. I mean, he's still the same kid that we thought he was before. It's just his recruitment hasn't played out that way. I still feel like he is that guy because then all of a sudden now you're saying, okay, like let's just say hypothetically in two weeks, Dante Moore just woke up and was like, man, this is where my heart's always been. I still want to be there. I'm going to commit to Notre Dame. And all of a sudden, you know, we're putting Richard Young back on the table. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we're we're, we're talking about, well, they're not, no one's going to flip so-and-so now. You know, we're talking about like, okay, now you've got CJ Carr and Dante Moore. Hey, Micah Hudson, what's what's good, buddy? Hey, Ryan Wingo, you know what, what the deal is, you know what I mean? Like, let's, let's get this thing going. And I think that's the, that's the really important thing. And if you want to try to flip a Cardinal Tate during the season or a Tyler Williams or whatever else, you're going to have a, I mean, it's going to be hard to do, but you're going to have a better shot at it. If you have Dante and CJ together, that's what I say. CJ is a great player. Love CJ Carr. Dante Moore is a great player. Love Dante Moore. I'd rather have both of them. This isn't the NFL where you draft your one guy and, and you've, and that's just what you roll with. I mean, what if CJ gets hurt? What if he doesn't pan out? What if he just needs more time? What, who knows? What if Dante's your guy and you don't get CJ and Dante gets hurt or he doesn't pan out and you need CJ? The argument's for both of them. That's why I say get them both. Get them both. And, you know, if CJ's the kid that we think he is, uh, you know, he, he sits two years and then he takes over for two to three years and he's a first-round pick. So that's just kind of where I'm at, guys, is that's – I still feel like it's him. You know, I, I, I think there's a very important, I mean, Ronan Hannafin's important. I thought about him. I thought about Jaden Greathouse on offense, but it still, to me, boils down to the quarterback. It's still the, still that guy, you know? That's so that's, that's where fair. I'm at. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. My wife is the coffee drinker in our house. So when I told her about trying out Trade Coffee, she was curious. When I told her that if she answered the survey Trade sent me, they could match her with brands she would like, she was downright skeptical. 
we ended up getting three different shipments from three regional coffee makers. And let me tell you, she was blown away. My coffee snob wife loved each and every new blend that she got. As a non-coffee drinker myself, I must admit, opening up the cabinet and getting a whiff of her most recent blend was aromatically pleasing. Trade sells the freshest roasted and ethically sourced beans from America's best independent roasters. They ship free to you and as often as you like, whole or ground. Whether you're a coffee connoisseur like my wife or just want a better daily cup, Trade's real coffee experts taste test over 400 roasts and use technology to match you to your ideal coffee based on your preferences and brewing method. Take the coffee quiz to get started. Trade Coffee guarantees you'll love your first bag or they'll replace it for free. And right now for Irish Breakdown listeners, Trade is offering new subscribers a total of 30 off your first order plus shipping when you go to drinktrade.com forward slash Irish. That's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. Get started when taking their quiz at drinktrade.com forward slash Irish and let Trade find you a coffee you'll love. That's drinktrade.com forward slash Irish for $30 off. We've got a super chat here from Craig Sebring. With the shortage of running backs, do you thank you, Craig? With the shortage of running backs, do you bring someone that played running back in high school from the defense to the offense or uh, go transfer portal? Vince, you want to start off with this one? I don't. I don't make any moves right now. I, I make zero moves. I'm not bringing anybody over. I'm the way this offense is going to run. I think that you spread the ball around anyway. It's not like this is pick a year and pick a power run game. Like that's not what Notre Dame is going to be doing. And I think that you can be smart about the pitch count of carries that these guys are going to have in training camp. And you just make sure that you are, you're going to get a fourth running back back eventually, whether it's the middle of September, beginning of October, whatever the case may be, but Logan Diggs is coming back. So then you're going to have four, which you're, you're fine with. I mean that you're, you're good to go at four. So I don't think you move anybody because then you've moved him for what? Now you got to move him back? Like, I, I don't – I think you tread water with where you're at. Now, if you get another season-ending injury, now I think you start to bring in these conversations. But until then, three healthy scholarship backs, you're fine for what they need to get through. Mm-hmm. Man, I have so many mixed feelings on it. I, I, I think for me, one – I, I mean, who would that defensive player even be, right? Like, didn't didn't Aceto Aquanu play running back at some point during his career? Like, who would? Sure. I, I just don't know who the running back guy would be on the roster from the defensive perspective. I would always be open to the transfer portal personally. Like, I would rather not move someone on my roster that I didn't really love the move, right? Like, if it's just mo- moving because of need, I don't like doing that. So I'd be open to the transfer portal. I think I'm kind of with Vince for now, though. I think I would kind of just stay where I'm at and just see mm-hmm. how the, the chips fall a little bit. But I think I would I think I would always use the transfer portal. And if there's a player that makes sense and he's a good fit, and I think I would always entertain those things. But I would really not rather not move a guy on the roster if I don't have to. Well, and isn't scholars aren't scholarship numbers an mm-hmm. issue? That's where We're I'm tight. at, Vince. Yeah, yeah. Tight. yeah. Like it'd be nice to go to the portal, but you don't have the ability to do that right now. Right. Like, and here's the thing you have to understand is. I think there's going to be a scholarship opened up here soon. The the but the problem is you need two. You need two to open up, and I'm not saying that specifically. I'm saying that's how it always happens. There's some somebody's going to go on medical something. I mean that it always happens. Some some walk on is you know some some that always happens. It's not like 
you know, I saw the reaction. That's not what I'm saying. Like, that always happens. Like there's somebody goes on medical, something happens right before. That's exactly what he did. Like, oh, there's a, there's a, um, there's a post on the message board. Yeah. Now. All right. And who's Driscoll said, and they're just like, just pick a name. Uh, Driscoll said, yeah. Uh, you know, there's no supplemental draft. So yeah, I mean, you know, so that's not it. What, that what, just always happens, right? What I mean, that's the point. You can bring in a transfer and they can actually play. Is there a d- date, mean, a top dead date, or is like basically it's like, you know, it's you. I didn't know if there were, date, there's right? a time, and I think it's like, I, I can't remember what it is. If in D3 was like by the month, by the beginning of your, your first week, you had to have your roster submitted. Okay. You know, you had to submit your full roster by whatever. So if a kid joined, I mean, so. But the point is you'd want to have somebody – if they're going to do it, they're going to do it before the football season starts. But right now the portal is not really an option. I mean, Notre Dame's looked at the portal for receivers and other positions, but they just don't have the room right now. Right. And and so that's not really an option. And, and I'm not moving someone for a short-term thing. Uh, look, three right. running backs is enough to get you through half the season. No doubt. And, and you know, then Jadarian Price comes – I mean, uh, Logan Diggs comes back. I mean, now if you lose another guy, you're in trouble. But to me, it's it's an easier transition to move an Avery Davis back there you know, who has played running back at Notre Dame. I mean, that's – people forget, like, somebody was pointing out, like, well, he only had 10 catches for 70-something yards in 2019. I'm like, yeah, he was a running back. Right. That's He had running back numbers as a pass catcher, you know. It worries me stealing him from the wide receiving core, though. Right. Already- but, but I'd rather steal him from the receiving core because you're going to play him, right? This is if you have another injury. Ben. So that's, mm-hmm. that's where I'm coming from. It's like, if you lose Austin estimate or, or, or Tyree, sure. And you just got the only other one in Jabron Payne, who's a freshman who hasn't played football in two years. You can't just stand pat and say, Oh, we're fine. Right. I mean, I you have, that. you have to move somebody. And to me, it's an easier transition to move a guy there because the problem is you're not going to move a seat at and play him a running back. If you want to beat anyone, you know, now you're taking away his chance to maybe compete somewhere else. I mean, if there's a guy right. that's never played running, you know, that's not going to play, then maybe think about it. But like, to me, who's going to help you win a game more? Avery Davis, a running back, or or a C. Dequano, a running back? Or how about a Chase Ketterer or somebody like that who actually? Yeah, but again, I, I I don't know if 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 you're going to give the ball to Chase Ketterer, that means you're not giving it to Avery Davis as a pass catcher. I mean, when I say moving to run, you're you're going to play him. Right. And now your offense is going to change. You're going to do more power reads. Right. Right. As opposed to read zone power read, meaning, you know, with Tyler Buckner, where you're running an outside zone and your quarterback. So read zone essentially is like an inside run where you either hand off on the inside run or the quarterback pulls and gets outside. A power read is essentially you're you're blocking power O inside and you're running a sweep action with the running back. So if the quarterback pulls and it's now a play side read more so than a backside read. So if the quarterback pulls, he is the one running vertically in between the tackles. And the running back is the one. And if he gives, the running back's on a jet sweep. So, I mean, there's things you can do with Braden Lindsay in that role. Right. I mean, there's things you can do with Avery Davis in that role. I would rather as do opposed to, stuff, as opposed to make but, them actual running backs. But he'd still have to be – I mean, you you have to rep that. You have to practice that. I'm not saying you're going to put Avery Davis a running back and run him, you know, 25 times between the tackles. That's, but you have to have somebody there. Right. And so to me, it's easier to cross train a receiver. I mean, heck, Lorenzo Styles was was well, a I, short yardage running back for his high school team. Well, here's I what mean, I'll say. Cross training is different than moving him to a new position. But that's what you're doing. I'm not saying I'm moving him to but you're going to I'm moving well, him to running back. That, that's yeah, what, what, that's what but I'm explaining what I would do. I'm moving him to running back so cross training is, as a running back. I'm, yeah. No, I'm, but I am moving him to running back. It's a cross train for me because as a running back. 
I can still put him in a slot. I can, he, as a running back, he can still do all the things that he did as a slot, right? And Absolutely. so I can use him in those roles, but he's still a running back. He's got to learn how to pass pro. He's got to learn how to do all those kind of things. Because you can't go in a game with one running back. And we don't know what Jabron Payne is going to be. It's just that right now, I don't think we need to do that if you're Notre Dame because they do have three running backs and the fourth is going to come back at some point. Right, exactly. It would have to, it would, I would need another injury to happen. Season ending injury, like, or a long term. I mean, you can't go five games between the time when Logan Diggs is going to come back and, and, you know, like if you lose a guy for two months, you're going to go five, six games and you're going to have to play Ohio State and BYU with in North Carolina with, with one or two running backs. And your second running back is Jabron Payne. Again, this is assuming that this the next injury is to one of the two vets, not right. Jabron Payne. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. so uh, if I lose Jabron Payne, that's a bummer. But I'm now, I mean, I've got between Tyler Buckner's running ability with the jet sweeps, the reverses, all that stuff. I got enough of a package to go win the first four or five games. It's more of if if I just got one of the veteran, you know, and I say veteran Aldrich Estime, one of the returning backs, and then and I lose pain, then I'm not changing anything. If I lose one of them and I got pain, then I, I feel like you have to change something. I just we haven't seen Jabron Payne pain look like the guy he was for two years. I think he's going to be okay, but we have to see it first. Sure. I just don't know if he's there right now. All right, John A1 asked the question earlier. I'm going to bring this back up because we didn't get to the second part. Uh, Offense. We oh, never got the offense. Oh my gosh! So I think this <laughs> one should go, be a little bit easier, don't you think? Let's go. I mean, does yeah. anyone want to go different at quarterback than Buckner? Are we, are we yeah. putting Arthur Estime on the line? Is that are we moving? No, or, no. Or, Vince, come you're on. You're going to stay true to your philosophy. <laughs> Grow up. That's Grow almost up. as dumb as putting Jones at four different positions. Um, Grow up. Is <laughs> anyone going to see anything other than Chris Tyree at running back? No. I'm not. But we're all going to have Lorenzo Styles as one of the receivers, right? Yep. And is anyone going to say anything other than Michael Mayer at tight end? No. Okay, so no. we at least have some of them down. So let's go with the rest. Who are, who are your other two wide receivers? Well, our first. Are you going eleven personnel or twelve? Actually, actually, wait. Should we put Eli Raritan? in? He's a he's a rare one four seven. That's true. He is. The, he would have had the fastest third fastest uh, ten yard split of anyone at the combine last year. Yeah. Uh, no, we're not doing that. So. <laughs> Are you guys going 11 personnel or 12? Which one? Uh, I'm going 11 personnel. Vince? 11. Okay, so Ryan, you've got Buckner, Tyree, mm -hmm. Mayer, Styles. Yep. Who are your other yep. two right receivers? My other two wide receivers would be Deion Colsey and Tobias Merriweather. Okay, Vince? Merriweather and Lindsey. Okay, I can dig that. I can dig that. I think both are good answers. Uh, offensive line, left or right? Ryan? I'd rather – oh, Oh man, that's where it gets a little. Okay, tough, let's do this. It? Let's take. Let's let's be true to how offensive line is, and we don't okay. play freshmen. Sure, because right. honestly, otherwise, sure. I got Billy Shrouth and Emil Wagner in my starting lineup, and we're just talking sure. pure athleticism. And I don't think that's really a smart thing to do. Uh, yes. Uh, so let's take them out and uh -huh. say returners. Okay, so I would go. Man, I would really like to get Tosh Baker on the field somehow. Um, you can. You. I know. Hey, I East can, likes to move guys around. Go no, for I'm it. I'm gonna go. Uh, yeah. That's cheating. Okay. Fine, I'll do it. I'll oh, do it. No, I'm, no, cheating. No. I'm cheating. No, I'm cheating. Joe Walt. Uh, Joe Walt. Oh. I'm gonna go with Andrew Kristoffic, Jared Patterson, Blake Fisher, and Tosh Baker. Okay. So Alt and Tosh at tackle. Yes. And then Fisher Blake, and a guard. Fisher and, and Kristoffic at guard. Okay. And then, and then Jared Patterson. Patterson at center. Okay. 
Yeah, I, I, I was going to do the exact same thing with Fisher, cheater. Um, but <laughs> I, I am, um, I'm going to keep Patterson at guard. Mm-hmm. And I will put Zeke at, at center. I think the only change that I would make from the current, just what the rotation is going to be anyway, which is Alt. Alt, what we expect is Alt, Patterson, Correll, Lug, Fisher. That's what we all expect, right? Yep. Yes. I think my only change would I would either put Kristoffic or Michael Carmody in at right guard. For Lug. One of those two for Lug. If we're just talking pure athleticism. Oh, right. right. Car- Carmody's an interesting one. I've he's, pretty, Carmody. he's a pretty athletic yeah. player, yeah. yeah. Um, the, it'd be one of those two, Kristoffic or Carmody. I mean, so I, I think they're actually going to have, of the non-freshmen, some of their better athletes on the field. I think Kristoffic's the only guy that I view as a pretty good athlete that I don't think – that, that may not be in the starting lineup this year, you know, of the, mm-hmm. of the returners. And then Carmody won't be, but he's still a, he's still a, a bit of a young guy. So, yeah, let's go next. Wait, uh, should we do specialists or no? No, we're not going to move on. Okay. We're Whoa. definitely moving on. No, Blake. Yep. Uh, definitely, definitely, definitely moving on. Okay. Alex, Toby, I, th- I don't think we got to this one yet. Happy Friday. Do you uh, think having two super conferences will create a more NFL style NFC AFC playoff going forward? Yes. Short, and I think that's yeah. the goal, which yeah. pisses me off. Cause like you already have an NFL, right? Why do you need it? Right. Because, because the people that run ESPN in these places are yep. idiots in my opinion. And they think, well, it works here. So let's do it here. And they're just going to try to replicate that. I think it's going to work. It's going to, it's going to work early on, but it's going to create major problems that they, cause they don't have the, it's like, these are the, these are the same people that, that thought that like, you know, from an NCAA standpoint, but also from a media standpoint that thought like the transfer portal was going to work and, you know, and all these other stupid things that always fail, you know, football thrives because football is a great sport. The NFL isn't anywhere close to maximizing its potential because I think the guy running it is an idiot. I mean, when it comes to getting the mat, the most out of his product, making as big of a fan base as as what welcoming as big of a fan base as possible, and doing things that make the game better, I think football thrives in spite of its leadership, and that's what's happening in college football now too. But I think some of these big money moves. I mean, ESPN is hemorrhaging, hemorrhaging users and subscribers and all these kind of things. I don't know that their business model is going to exist in ten years, but they've got these big payouts. Promises. There's so many unknowns to this that I think makes this uh, interesting. And and is this it's fascinating? Thing that, I don't have to like it, but it yeah. is fascinating. And it, and and could, this can end up blowing up in their face in yeah. five to ten years. You know, because sometimes you can you can promise money that you think that well, if we do this deal, yeah, we may pay out money we don't have now, but it's going to pay off because we're going to do this, 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 and this. And those things don't pan out and you still have those debts and, you know, now you're screwed. So I think that's kind of where it's going. But, yeah, they're basically trying to make – and you hear it all the time from media people. Well, it works in the NFL. Let's do it. This isn't the freaking NFL. Right. Right? And so, you know, it's going to be – and that's those are some of the things I want to talk about when we dive into this topic a little bit more, to be honest with you. Jay Clampin Investments with a big oh. super chat. Jay, thank oh. you very, 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 very much. Sup, boys? Thoughts on an IB Vegas meetup, also with the looming commits, not mentioning a certain QB. What's a realistic finish ranking for the 2025 class? 23th class, pending we get Jason Moore. Um, IB meetup, there will be some sort of IB meetup. Uh, Vince and I are going to probably get out there early. I'll definitely get out there early. We're going to try to do a podcast or two from the Blue Wire Pod studio, so I'm looking forward to that. I'm out. 
what's a realistic finishing ranking? I don't, I feel like there's this notion, Ryan, that like, oh, Notre Dame's going to struggle to stay in the top five now. And it's, to me, it's nothing but BKPTSD, man. Like, yeah. you know, right now I, I look at where I project their numbers to be. Mm-hmm. And this is just what the recruits we think they're going to get. So this doesn't include Samuel and Pemba, doesn't include Dante Moore, just the guys we think they're going to, and it didn't include Micah Tease. And, right. and it would get them either second, third, or fourth. Every year going back to like 2015 is when I stopped. They'd be no lower than fourth any of those years. In some years, they'd be second. And in one year, they'd have been first. I think 2016, they'd have been first. Their points total would have been first. So I just don't – I don't – and that doesn't include p- potential that, you know, maybe some guys will rise up the rankings. You know, right. some guys are going to fall. What if some guys rise up? So I just don't get this whole this whole thing. Ryan, would you say it's anything other than what we said the other day? Right now, I if I had to put my money down, they're going to have a top three class in my opinion. Yeah, no, I was that was going to be my answer was top three because I also think it's I think this mindset is I'm not saying for Jabe specifically, but I think that there is a mindset that like if they don't get Dante Moore, they're not going to get a quarterback at all, and I don't think that that's necessarily right. a thing either. Like there's still a possibility that they can get another pretty highly ranked quarterback in the class, and like you said, I mean it's your projection still includes that. We feel pretty good about where Jason Moore is with Notre Dame, right? We still feel good about Jaden Osbury and, you know, a couple of the recruits that are recruiting over the next couple of days. So Jaden, Jaden Greathouse in, in the future, potentially. I mean, there's a lot of players that are still on the board that we think are extremely realistic and that being maybe not getting Dante Moore does not mean that there's not going to be a quarterback in this class. They still have an opportunity to flip someone or get someone that is still on the board. So I think top three right. is very likely personally. We also have to keep in mind that if the Notre Dame offense is what we think it's going to be, that's going to play a big role. If it's not, then maybe it'd be harder to get that quarterback, especially flipping a guy. But sure. if Notre Dame goes out this year and the offense is what we think it's going to be, that's going to make it even easier, mm-hmm. you know. And and so to to flip somebody that you want, so I'm I'm not they'll get a like you said, Ryan, they're going to get a quarterback. I just yeah. I just we don't know who it's going to be and when and 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 if they don't get a twenty three quarterback, it's because down the road CJ Carr decides to reclassify, and if he reclassifies, now you have a top hundred quarterback, right? I mean, and depending on how his junior season goes, it would make him a five star quarterback. So they're either going to add someone in the twenty three class or the or CJ is going to reclassify. Right now, I think it's going to be more the the twenty three quarterback. Would you agree mm-hmm. with that, Ryan? Based on the intel 100%. that you have and that I have. Yep. If that changes down the road and CJ, cause CJ may come out and have like a big jump as junior. Like, you know what, man, like I'm ready. I'm like, I just, man, I'm, I'm ready to go. They don't have a quarterback in 23. I'm, I'm ready to go. And he, then you still have a big time quarterback in your 23 class because CJ would then reclassify and they would move him into the 23 class. Mm-hmm. And, and so, yeah, I, they're going to have a quarterback in the 23 class. In my opinion, they may not have a, a five-star top 10 player in the country quarterback, which I don't think right now they're going to, but they're still going to have a, a guy that's a pretty good football player that's going to help with the rankings. All right, next question. And, Jay, again, thanks for the uh, super yeah, chat very, very much. Boom. Jared Grace, former Notre Dame linebacker, my yeah. man who's currently, I believe, in medical school. So you talk about the yeah. opportunities that Notre Dame presents. He is. He's in town. Uh, Jared says, happy Friday, IB Nation. How do you guys see recruiting battles changing now between Notre Dame and the current Pac-12 teams? Uh, not yet jumping ship, i.e. Oregon. Washington could definitely give players pause. L- let's just say Dennis Dodd, who, again, you take what Dennis Dodd says with a grain of salt, but let's assume for argument's sake, because he's also the guy that said Notre Dame wanted Luke Fickle as the head football coach at Notre Dame. Uh, so, uh, you know, and, you know, we we all know how much I love Dennis Dodd. Let's just assume for a second he's not totally talking out of his you-know-what again. 
and that the Big Ten has given pause to Oregon and, and Washington for now, which is what he's reporting that they've told Oregon and Washington, we're, we're not ready to move on you yet. And I think a lot of this is about trying to convince Notre Dame to come. And then there's other teams. It's not just them. They would rather add Duke and North Carolina than Oregon and Washington, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not just about Notre Dame. It's there's They would much rather have Kansas than Seattle and Washington. I mean, than, than Washington and Oregon because of what it would do for basketball. That's actually a decent-sized market. Uh, mm-hmm. that area because you've got the Kansas City area and all that you know all that kind of stuff so Kansas is actually a a one of the better markets in the big 12 uh take the football team out of it they're really good in other sports but it's the TV markets the one that matters that's a sure. lot more important than the Eugene Oregon market uh, at this point in time so anyway that's one that they would like to get into the Carolinas is obviously you want to get into that Charlotte you know Raleigh uh, you know area that market which is a, a growing market it may it's not tobacco huge road. Now. But it's an ascending market. Uh, so, and then of course it adds prestige to your basketball aspect of your thing, yeah. which is more prestige as opposed to the the, the financial. Right. So let's just say hypothetically he's correct, Ryan. Mm-hmm. What does that do when it comes to Notre Dame being able to recruit against those teams in head-to-head battles? I, I think. I mean, if they are staying packed, like this assumption is right, and they're not joining one of these major conferences, these super conferences, then I think that you get a major advantage over, you know, the schools in that region, obviously. But Jared, I just, I really, I find, I just find it hard to believe that Oregon especially is going to be a team that is just left on the outside looking in. I, I just think they're going to be a part of one of the major conferences if, if that's how it trends personally. So mm-hmm. I think it's, an interesting point, but I think it's going to be, end up being a moot point when it's all said and done personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a comment when you're talking about some of the, the stuff in the Big Ten leaving, and Archer says Penn State won the Big Ten in 2016. is frequently won 10-plus games prior to 2020. I don't see them leaving. The, the, the mistake you're making, making, Archer, is you keep thinking this has anything to do with football. <laughs> yeah. It's nothing to do with <laughs> Penn State's had an undefeated season since they joined the Big Ten, Correct. Didn't they go undefeated in like 02? What the what the, no, that actually is it's like 94, right? Mm. Where they, they ended up not winning title, but they went undefeated. Uh, I'm pretty sure that happened when they were in the Big Ten, because I think it was the year that they had that big comeback uh, against Illinois. Sean and I were talking about this recently. Yeah. I believe I think it was they, I think I think they had a really nice like 12 and one season. It was when with Kerry Michael Collins Robinson. Was there. No, it was 94. Yeah. They went they went 12 and 0 in 1994 as part of the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, they went 11 and two in 96, 10 and three. They had an 11 and one season, 05. That was the year that they beat Ohio State with Michael Robinson at quarterback, right? And that's what you're referring to, yeah. so 05. Yep. Uh, they were really good that year, like really good that year. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, won the Orange Bowl that year. Uh, you said they that was the year that they lost to Michigan last second. I think Morrow Manningham caught like a little slant route, if I remember correctly. I mean, so, so even the game they lost that year was a really close game. That that defense was sick, man. They yes. had like Paul Pluslesny and oh, Dan yes. Connor. And, oh, yeah, yes. That, and wasn't Sean Lee part of that linebacking core as well? I he may he have was. been. He may have been. Yeah. Uh, but they and they had Tom Bahali, a defensive end. I mean, they were a couple years later. They had sick. Navarro Bowman as well. Like that, that defense yeah, was, was sick. Yeah, and they harassed Troy Smith big time. But see, here's the thing: it has nothing to do with that. The reality is, Penn State has lost a lot of its prestige as a national program, and and as a sort of in because they were an independent for a long time they could go play Miami they they I mean they didn't play a tough schedule but they'd pick and choose they'd play Notre Dame a decent amount they be, when but even in the years they've they've had the best maybe team on the field they were never the biggest team in the conference 
they were never even in the top three as far as marquee programs in the conference, especially once they went and got Nebraska and early on with Nebraska. So it's not about football. That's the thing. It's not about football. Do you really think that they're bringing UCLA in on to, to because the football team is going to add any value whatsoever to the Big Ten? No. Do you think it's because they want to add value to the basketball program? No. They want to dominate the LA TV market. That's the reality of it. And, and it's about branding and prestige. And the, and the reality is, is Penn State breaking away from the Big Ten, if it was something that would allow them to kind of maybe re – kind of reestablish themselves as a dominant program. This is what I've always said. I think Penn State would would be better off in my opinion. Again, let's just say let's just say I you know, let's just say I was uh, inherited Elon Musk's finance, you know, fortune, right? Oh, you don't and have I, that? No, I don't. Oh. Um maybe hmm. when he was 12, you know, I have what he had <laughs> when he was 12. Uh but uh, let's just say I had that, which means I could kind of do whatever the heck I wanted, right? He's like two hundred billion dollars. Be something. great. I'd be asking for a raise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I would have already little... hired Brady Quinn to replace you. <laughs> um <laughs> had to add a little levity there. <laughs> I like I like your analysis better than Brady Quinn personally, Vince. <laughs> <laughs> Brady Quinn doesn't whine about getting raises. Actually, because he <laughs> he's making um, a lot more money than I am. <laughs> um, in all seriousness, if I was able to kind of go start my own conference, and and I wanted it to be centered around Notre Dame, like the three prizes for me would be Notre Dame, Penn State, and Miami, because I would want to start some sort of East Coast league. It would have like you know th- that kind of thing, and and I think those programs would would bring in. I would pretty much try to raid the ACC. I would bring in Miami, Virginia, Virginia Tech, Louisville, Pitt, BC, Miami. You know, m- you know, kind of do something like that. That's what I would go towards, and and I would have you know that maybe even do something where like we had talked before about like you know if I was really going to raid it and the big I would have I would have moved before the big the SEC and the Big Ten. I would have gotten Texas, Oklahoma, USC, UCLA to form sort of like our our Western part of that new conference, right, where there's a couple crossover games. But for the most, most part, those teams are playing out there. Uh, I would have – the East Coast would have been Notre Dame, Miami, Florida State, those type of things. I would do something like that if I had the money to do so. Uh, and I think Penn State would jump at that chance because they're never going to be considered a pure-blood Big Ten team. They're not. They never have been. And it doesn't matter what they do on the field. And that's the thing I'm, I'm – I mean, they, they've had great teams since they joined in, what, 92, 93, right? What was it? 93 was their first year. I mean, like I said, their second year in the Big Ten, they went 12-0, and 0, won the Rose Bowl, you know, beat Oregon in the Rose Bowl. They still weren't – they still weren't on the level as Michigan and Notre and Ohio State as far as a the prestige of that conference. So it really isn't about that. It's about money. If another conference offered them a – a chance to to match the money the Big Ten makes, but then allow them to build their brand back up. I think they jump at the chance. It's just not that's not that's not. We can talk about what we would do if we had Elon Musk's money, but that's not out there right now. That's not a reality. That's not happening. Sadly, uh, and you know it's a bummer, but that's the reality of where we are right now. Uh, here we go. I love this. This isn't even a real question. He's just being pithy, and I love it. Uh, Sean Kane says, why is there a media frenzy around Notre Dame every time other schools switch conferences? I thought they said Notre Dame was irrelevant. Because they're different, Which, man. Yeah, no leverage. Yeah, no leverage. He's being sarcastic. Right. He knows, I know. Right? I know. Right. The I know. thing is, is like what you have to understand is their Notre Dame's irrelevant stuff is is them being pissed because Notre Dame's not in their TV market. 
So I got to try to tear Notre Dame down to make them easier to go buy. That's what it's all about. And but that's why they all want Notre Dame because they know the brand that Notre Dame wields, and it's just all. I, I think there's an argument to be made that USC is going to drop Penn State another rung on the Big Ten. There's no ladder, question, right? There's I mean, no question. So Penn State's not getting any favors by no. this. No. Now. Another question. This is I really liked this question. So God Country Notre Dame barbecue and coffee keeps adding new things. I was going to say the coffee wasn't yeah. on there before. Dropped yeah. a couple of rungs on my respect yeah. ladder, but that's okay. yeah. We've actually fallen off. IB used to be on there, so we've fallen off. We got wow. replaced by coffee. Coffee. Uh, yeah, with the Notre Dame and Ohio State matching uh, match matchup looking so good with Marcus Freeman. How many times would you say Notre Dame plays Ohio State in the next ten years, including the two scheduled? I think the postseason the over under is four and a half. Whoa, so what he's basically season. saying here is if Notre Dame's the program we think they're going to be and Ohio State's not slowing down, we mm-hmm. could kind of like what we've seen with Clemson and Ohio. I mean, Clemson and Ohio State have played each other four times in the last 10 years. Right. And they've all been in the postseason, once in the Orange Bowl and then three times in the po- in the playoff, right? I, that's where I think he's getting at. I, li- I like that over-under. I'm trying to think about that one. I'd probably go under. You're guaranteed the two, right? Yeah, so- which in, right. Right. That's so I, I'd, I'd, I'd still, still probably go under. Two more yeah. times. Is what I would yeah. say. I think two more times potentially in the next ten years, I'd go under. But I think you're. I think the four and a half is good. Taking the over. Basically, it's yeah, so yeah. Three postseason matches, yes. which again doesn't always have to be. And it could be in the same the season that they play. By the way, too. I mean, they could rematch. Potentially, it would have to be in the playoff. Then. Right. No. No. Absolutely. But we just saw well, again. When does that four and a half start? Because if we're gonna if we're gonna retroactively. Then you have to include the 15 game. This Ooh. by the by the end of 2023, they will have played three times. You know, then you kind of move on, and then okay, 2005 is no longer in that 10 year window, right? Right, right. Uh, if you're going back but, to 15, then you've only got the until point 25 is to the do point it. is Vince is that they don't have to you know they have to play twice, but the point is they've played in the post in the postseason before in the Fiesta Bowl. They played in the Fiesta, in the Fiesta Bowl 10 years before that, so it's not even just a playoff that they'd have to play in, and especially now. With like, if here's what I'm talking about, what's the Rose Bowl's reaction going to be? All this, and you just killed the rivalry between the Big Ten and the Pac 12. Like, so does the Big Ten Pac 12 rivalry go away? So, does that open up the Rose Bowl, meaning the Rose Bowl champ isn't tied in there, which means opens up more opportunities for potentially Notre Dame, Ohio State matchups in the postseason? I mean, USC is going to be the Big Ten, uh version of the could you imagine that against like oregon oregon in the rose bowl i'd be so lame (laughs) so lame i would suck so bad like oh we're back to west coast teams playing each other that no one cares about exactly nobody would watch that game that would (laughs) be okay we're good yeah uh here's a here's another question from god country notre dame barbecue and coffee i want i'm going to answer this one and i'm you guys tell me if you agree or disagree on a scale of one to ten, how disappointed do you think Ryan Day is that BK isn't Notre Dame's coach anymore? He was probably licking his chops this time last year with big game BK. I'm going to say on a scale of one to ten, how disappointed is he that Brian Kelly's not there? I'm going to say one because here's the deal. Ryan Day is a competitor, and competitors don't want walkover games. And dominating a crap Notre Dame team that nobody respects doesn't do his team any good. What helps them become a team with a great playoff resume is you wouldn't beat a really good Notre Dame team that people respect. And when you have like the thing that has hurt Ohio State too is that they just there is no kind of league rival that can can be on their level. I mean, they have just 
it's like Michigan fans are acting like they did something good. They finally beat Ohio State like once in a decade, right? And they're acting like they've done something. Penn State's giving them a game, but they don't beat them very often. You know what I mean? It's like their losses in re- like Iowa and Purdue have, you know, combined for more wins over Ohio State than, you know, than Michigan and Michigan State had in the last five years. You know what I mean? So, or the same, I think. So to me, I think Notre Dame being good as a head, if I'm a competitive guy, I want Notre Dame to be good because it, it makes me it, it makes it easier for me to raise my bar with my coaches. Hey guys, we're not we're not beating we're not worried about Michigan anymore. We're not worried about Penn State anymore. This Notre Dame thing is rolling. They have kind of helped raise our standard. I really believe that to be true. I think if you're a competitor, you don't want your rivals to stink. You don't want a team to to be down. I think you want them to be good because it's good for it's better for you when you beat them. Like I just I don't see what like steamrolling a Michigan team that nobody cares about does for your program. It makes you feel better because you beat a rival. But I think competitors want to beat. It's like I I didn't want to beat Clemson without Trevor Lawrence. It kind of took some of the you know shine off of it. I want to beat you at your best. And if you don't have the mentality, I just don't think you're a competitor. And I don't think the Ryan Day got to where he got to by being a guy that hopes that the good teams lose their best things or aren't as good or down. Uh, on his way to a championship, I just, he just doesn't strike me as that kind of guy. I just I, I don't see it that way. Do you, I don't do think, you think it's a Do you think it's a different perspective on the recruiting trail comparative to an on the field fight? You understand what I mean by that? Yeah, yeah. I think there's a little bit more there. Yeah, it's like, oh, you know, they they may take some guys from us, right, but I, right. but I think even then, it's like just I know some people around the program, and I honestly think there was a little bit of staleness with Ohio State, honestly, because it was just kind of getting easy for them. Like if it came down to them in Michigan, like Michigan stopped basically. I mean, Michigan does very little recruiting in Ohio anymore. I mean, they don't even try against Ohio state, which is like totally cowardly. They don't even like try against them anymore. Penn state's given them some battles, you know, Mm -hmm. and, but, but like, I remember talking to somebody at Ohio state one time about two years ago. And he said, man, uh, he says, once Harry left, we didn't worry about Notre Dame anymore. Like they weren't going to beat us for anybody. It didn't matter where we were recruiting them. We were going to beat them. We weren't even worried about them. And like so, that's changed. But I but I almost feel like there was a sense of like maybe you kind of need to worry about them a little bit. Maybe that's going to make your staff kind of up their game. And you know, so maybe that's it. But I think Ryan, I think you could say that the the disappointment level is a little higher from a recruiting standpoint. Right. But from an on the field standpoint, I don't think he's disappointed at all. I think this is because now you have something to to motivate your team. It's like, hey, these guys are going to be really good. Especially, let's just say for some reason, Notre Dame beats Ohio State this year. Mm-hmm. Like now that's something where now you can say, okay, guys, you know, now we got something. We we can't just rely on this. We got to really, you know, like I think sometimes defeat can, you know, or, or, or a lack of the success you think you have can be good for you. And we've talked about this with the Georgia game in 2017, the Georgia game in 2017, which Notre Dame lost had just as big of an impact for Notre Dame as the win over Stanford in 2012 for a, for a good chunk of the season, in my opinion. And so I just think it depends on having, but I just think competitors, man, like Vince, if you, you're a baseball coach, did you ever want to go in a game and, and, and cross your fingers? Well, maybe you did if your team's not that good or something like that, but did you ever go to a game as a coach or coordinator or head coach and say, well, I hope their three best players don't show up today. I don't know. I mean, depends you know, on the situation, if I'm being perfectly how about honest this? with you. Okay. I mean, I mean, seriously, your team suck? depends on the inner, it depends on the situation. Yeah. You know, if if we have a pretty good team and we hadn't won a championship in a really long time, and one of their kids gets hurt, sorry, we're gonna go win that championship. I, I, I completely disagree with you. That's on this that's one. a little different to me. An injury is a little different than like a guy transfers. Like, and that's how I view this. 
But anyway, it's he's a new head coach. So share, so share your, uh, so share new, your thoughts on Yeah, that. it's a new head coach. I mean, I, you know, I would not be upset if our biggest rival changed head coaches. Like, that would not upset me. I'd be like, mm-hmm. bye. We'll take advantage of the fact that you're not there anymore and because we're a rival. And that's, you know, that's your problem, not our problem. We're still going to come not, play our game. Not, I think it's the other way around here, though. It's a guy that sucked left and a, and a guy that's really good is arriving. But that's only if he viewed Brian Kelly as sucking, mm-hmm. which I don't know that that's the case. The, the premise the premise of the question, though, is he was probably licking his chops this time last year with big game BK, meaning like he didn't respect BK. And now the pre- – again, so that's like an ask and answer question. thing. Like that's what's happening. Okay. The, 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 so, the premise of the question is, is that now all of a sudden um, that that – Notre Dame's a more yes. formidable team now because of I, Marcus Freeman. That's I, that's the premise. I think he's still disappointed because mm-hmm. I don't care what happens. A win over Notre Dame is huge for sure. for your program, especially in Week One. And because how how does the national media look at Notre Dame if they lose? That is a that is a great win for whoever beat Notre Dame. But if Notre Dame goes out and wins, it's it's like a fluke. It was an accident. It was whatever. Notre. The, the national media will take that win from Ohio State and they will look at that as the biggest win on their schedule, no matter who the coach is, frankly. And Ryan Day will be the guy who beat Notre Dame. So I think he wants to win because he wants to win a national. He doesn't have a national championship. Am I wrong? Mm-hmm. I mean, no, well, no. go get no. that national title and then worry about other stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't care how easy yeah. the road is. You know, we talked about Notre Dame winning a national title last year because the road got a little bit easier for them because there were other teams that were down, I'd still celebrate pretty hard yeah. that national championship if Notre Dame went out and won it last year. It, I don't think like that changes it for me. Yeah. It doesn't, <laughs> like doesn't like it. Ryan is trying to start stuff today, Vince. He is absolutely trying to start stuff today. Um, I did want to read a question that's not on the board uh, right now. I got a, we got a, someone who couldn't be on this chat, uh, sent a PayPal, sent a, a pay, kind of sent some money to Irish Breakdown through PayPal Please. to get into question asked. Okay. And so here's a question it says, if healthy, who gets more touches this year, Chris oh, Tyree boy. or Audric Estime? So if they're both healthy for the same part of the season, who gets more touches, Chris Tyree or Audric Estime? Do special teams count? No. Chris Tyree for me, because I, I think that I actually like estimating the past. I like game. he said I, touches. He didn't say yeah. carries. He said yeah. right. Oh, and that makes a big difference because right. t- touches yeah. means receptions and right. yeah. You know, I actually li- I actually like Austin Estime. Excuse me, as a receiver, I think he actually has some kind of natural feel in that passing game when I when I saw him in person. But I think Tyree is a more designated weapon in the passing game. So if they're both healthy, I think that yeah, I think. I think even if Estime has more carries, that that Tyree will have more touches, just because I think he'll be more of a yeah he'll be more of a emphasis in the passing game. And, and we're talking about the entirety of the season too, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't mm-hmm. think Tyree's touches will change when Logan Diggs comes back. I think Estime's mm-hmm. go down uh, mm-hmm. a, a little bit. I think they're going to have to split some of those carries. So I will say Tyree on this one. Yeah, I think I think it's close. I think it'll be close. Simply because I think Tyree is going to have a much higher yards per carry average, which you know is going to, you know, where it's going to take estimate twelve carries to get to seventy yards. There's going to be games where it takes Tyree eight. You know what I mean? But I think when you throw touches, well, let me ask you this question, guys: If it was just carries, is your answer the same? It's estimate. I think mine's estimate as well. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Sim- and and for, is it because you think Estime is going to be the lead back, or because of like we talked about, Tyree is going to is going to have a, a higher yards per carry well, type of thing? It just depends on what your definition of lead back is. I think he's yeah. going to get the most carries. I think Tyree starts the game, mm-hmm. and I think you know. I just think that when when Estime is in the game, he's just going to get more straight carries than Tyree would. I still think Tyree is going to be the starter. So let yeah. me ask you this. Is this what you guys are saying? That you guys think the offense will be built around Tyree more as an entirety, but Estime will be featured from a, just a volume standpoint a little bit more in the run game specifically because you both said that it's Tyree in total touches. So it tells me yep. Tyree's a big part of the offense. It's just yeah. you're going to get him the ball in different ways, yes. whereas Estime yeah. is just – Pure run, correct. Yeah, that's that's exactly that's a great way to explain it. I completely agree yeah. with that. Okay. And and to answer your question directly to Vince Brian, I would say also it's for me. I I think it's a little of both because I think that Tyree's just style screams less carries, right? Because like you said, mm-hmm. it's going to take him less touches to get to a certain number in the run game, right? But I think I think estimate. I, I also just think estimate is going to be a stud. If we're mm-hmm. being completely honest, so. Real quick, too, Vince. Uh, I don't know if you're in the basement. Uh, I don't know if you have a window outside. I, I do, do not. It's getting really ugly. Uh, so <laughs> is it really? Yes, and we're on sort of a similar power grid. So if Vince and I disappear, <laughs> Ryan, it's it's weather related. Just kind of take over or answer question. I'm just. I was getting I lightning alerts on my phone. I think we'll so. be okay, but I'm just kind of throwing that warning with some of the issues <laughs> we've had here. If if, my, if right. I'm out, if I I'll go get, away suddenly, I'm probably out. Just assume I'm gonna, that I'm not. I'm gonna bring. I'm gonna bring a guest in. J- yeah. John A. One, maybe Brandon. Go for <laughs> it. Throw somebody. To go for it. <laughs> Send him a link. Go here for we go. it. <laughs> yeah, very, 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 very. Go for it, guys. Uh, let's get to some more questions here. Here's a good one, uh, Ryan. I don't know if you'll have an opinion on this. And again, I'm not. I'm not. I just. I'm not sure where you were age wise at this point mm-hmm. in time. Vince, I'm curious to get your opinion for sure. So let's go with Vince first, and then Ryan. If you have an opinion on this, f- please feel free to chime in. Sean Kane says, if George O'Leary was allowed to remain at Notre Dame, do you think he would have been successful, and would his reign have been closer to Holtz? Weiss or Kelly in terms of success. So if I'm not mistaken, when all this went down, I was in college. Mm-hmm. So it was he would have basically taken over when Ty took over. Right, which so like 2002. 2002. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was I was finishing up college at the time. So I was a little you know away from the program, you know, doing college stuff. Um but I was actually pretty happy with the hire when it went down. Mm-hmm. I thought that he was a good fit. When he was brought in, I thought that he was going to do a good job. I would say, I'm not going to, I'm not going to project that he would have won a national championship. So I can't say he would be like Holtz, right? Um, he completely different personality wise than Charlie Weiss, but mm-hmm. from a wins loss standpoint, he could have been in the neighborhood of Charlie Weiss for sure. Um, I, I just, I think he understood Notre Dame. I think it was a good fit. I like what he was bringing to the table. So I think he would have had success. I don't know that he has national championship success because we just haven't seen it in so long, but I was happy with the hire at the time. I, I know that the George O'Leary that I remember, and I was just looking it up and I, I he was at Georgia tech before that. Correct. I remember the UCF version. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought O'Leary was a good coach. I'd say to Vince's point though, I don't know if I would project quite that high. I would probably say closer to a Brian Kelly type of success. If we're talking about a win loss record. I think he would have been in between Brian Kelly and the best of Bob Davey. So okay. like those teams that that were like nine and three for Davey and some of the good, really good Kelly teams. Like I think George O'Leary would have been consistently nine and three. 
and and had some 10 and twos. And then every five or six years, you'd have a 2012 season mixed in. Like, that's sure. how I look. I don't think George O'Leary would have gone on the run that we saw the last five years back then. Uh, and and because he, he was a good hire. And, you know, the success he had at Georgia Tech, if you think, I mean, it was pretty decent, you know, but it mm-hmm. wasn't great. He had that one, he had, you know, had Joe Hamilton, had a really good team with Joe Hamilton. Uh, you know, but it, I mean, they were five, when he took over, they were like five years removed from winning, being a co-national champion. So it's not like they were some bum program that had no history. Right. He was a good coach. I think his style would have fit better at Notre Dame. I think he would have been better at Notre Dame than he was at Georgia Tech. Yeah. Because here was his record at Georgia Tech, six and five, five and six, seven and five, 10 and two, eight and four, nine and three, seven and five. Right. That's good. But I think mm-hmm. his style, his personality, his name was O'Leary. I think he would have recruited – he would have had better players. Notre Dame as an institution would have fit what he liked to do better. I think he would have been like a 9-3, and three, occasionally 8-4, and four, occasionally 10-2, and two, and then every sure. five or six years that team that's like – that's that's 12-0 and and makes overachieves, the BCS yeah. game and then loses. Yeah, right. right? You know, right. more often than not. Now, right. they wouldn't have gotten dominated the way some of those other teams did. But, you know, like, he wouldn't have recruited the way Charlie did. Like, here would have been great is if, is if Charlie could have recruited a team for – for George O'Leary, like if Charlie was his offensive court, George O'Leary's offensive coordinator and, and recruiting coordinator and O'Leary was still the head coach, that'd have been some really good freaking teams right there, man. Cause I don't mm-hmm. think, I don't think he would have recruited the dynamic players that Charlie did, but he was a, such a better coach than Charlie was. Cause they'd have been fundamentally sound. They'd have been tough and all yeah, that. Right. But, and he definitely would have been better than Ty. And you know, he, that's a, he, he did a tremendous job at UCF, man. He was because yeah. weren't they, they? They weren't they winless his first year or something like that. Like they were a bad team, oh and eleven, they not yeah, yeah. They went oh yeah, and eleven, were... and the next year went eight and five, four and eight, ten and four, four and eight, eight and five, eleven and three, five and seven, and then his last three years, it was really weird. They went ten and four, twelve and one, nine and four, and then went zero oh and eight the next year, and he got fired. Hmm. Yeah, it's like. Like he came off of a three year stretch where he went 10 and four, 12 and one, nine and four, and then they fired in the first down year. Like that, so- was, that was with uh Blake Bortles, that was the mm-hmm. era of Blake Bortles, yep. yeah. So it's very, very strange. 2013 was the, the Bortles year, right? The year they went yep. 12 and one and yep. then won the Fiesta Bowl. So two years after he led central freaking Florida to a Fiesta Bowl victory, <laughs> he got fired, uh, 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 Baylor by 10. And he got fired. Like, yeah. these schools are so stupid. Like, I really just, you know, whatever. It's ridiculous. Let's get to the next question here. Uh, we, we kind of address this a little bit. Uh, give you guys a chance to respond to this. I already gave my piece on it. But John Wayne's Winchester, which, by the way, flipping great name, by the way. Uh, John Wayne's Winchester, with all the discussion around conference realignment and whatnot, what impact would Notre Dame winning the dang thing this year have on the state of college football, if any? Be huge. They, they, they would, would have all yeah. the power. I mean, not all, all the, the power. All the they levels. would have a lot of power. Well, let me let, yeah. hold on. Let me ask. Let me let me make sure. How does it impact? Does that mean it impacts Notre Dame or does that impact college Notre football? Dame. Notre, Notre Dame. Dame more. It allows them to Notre stay Dame independent more. for as long as yeah. they need to be. I so mean, none of us think it impacts college football much, other than yeah. it's it's more. There's it's a much greater opportunity that Notre Dame stays independent, but it doesn't yeah. slow down the mega conferences at all, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, no, I I don't think it affects college football that much. I just think it gives Notre Dame even more leverage to remain independent if they want to be choose to stay independent. Like it's just more power. It's yeah. like a power move, in yep. my opinion. It, it just gives them it gives them more leverage in the all all of these you know debates and all of these uh, negotiations and and all of that. And again, 
the college football playoff isn't preventing Notre Dame from entering the college football right. playoff if they just won a national championship. They're not going to do that. So it gives right. them leverage. Agree. Agree. There we go. Rob Fitoff, Brian, Vincent, Ryan. I would not trust any of these three if they told me the time, but who do you trust the most? Oh, I thought you were talking about us. No, Dang, no. man. That's, rough. <laughs> that's how I read it, too, because I, 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 I don't go to the end. I just start reading it. I was like, <laughs> man. Dang. Like, Rob, Art. I thought we were cool, man. Like, you've been on this chat. Like, you're one of the OGs <laughs> on this chat, man. Like, what do we do, buddy? Wow. Uh, Brian, Vincent, Ryan, period. Now he's on to a separate thought. Uh, he's <laughs> prefacing the question with a thought. I don't right, trust right. any of these three if they told me at the time, but who would you trust the most? Urban Meyer, Jim Harbaugh, or Brian Kelly? Jim Harbaugh, probably. Agreed. I don't know. Yeah. He's, he, I, he's I mean, because like it's not all bright like, enough to tell you a lie. I don't. Uh, he's it's not. Pretty, it's not out yeah. in the open. Like everybody knew he was interviewing for jobs. Right. And, but that's Urban the thing. Meyer's he's a liar. part of it. Hurt him is he yeah. was honest. Right. He told right. recruits, I'm, "I'm if I get this job, I'm I want to go to the NFL." I mean, he was honest right. about it. Right. I, I don't view Jim Harbaugh as a liar. No. I just don't think he's done a good job. And I think there's something – I'm not saying this This is honestly not a shot at Michigan or being flippant. Or I truly believe there's something wrong there. Like, I think – I don't know if it's CTE. I'm not – guys, I'm not joking. I'm not trying to be flippant here. I'm not trying to make think of Greg in Michigan. Like, I just – I look at him now and look at him when he was at Stanford. That's not the same guy. Like in just in every way, like he he'll get these like really distant, often space looks, and you're just like, it just doesn't look like right now. It just doesn't look like all yeah. the Pistons are firing. That's right, like, and I'm not and I'm not saying that yeah. to be disrespectful. No. I'm 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 genuinely there's a concern level there. I, I'm really not saying that to be snarky or I wouldn't joke about that. No matter how much I dislike someone, as a flippant joke, I'm being serious. I do think there's there's something there that's just not the same guy, and some of the stuff he does is like really weird. And I don't remember that being something we heard about when he was with Stanford. Like spending or, the night with a kicker? Yeah, yeah. And it just, I don't know. I could be wrong, and I hope I'm wrong. I hope that's not the case. But can it's just we, a concern can, I have. Can we all agree that Urban Meyer is the least trustworthy Oh, God, yes. Oh, oh yes. Landslide? Like, it's not even close? I would let Brian Kelly babysit Vince's kids before I would let. And I would never 100%. do that with Urban 100%. <laughs> you know, because I'd at least trust Kelly to go hire someone responsible yes. to come watch. The I know kids exactly he who he would hire too, so that, right. that, would be, that would work out pretty well. Right. But, so uh, yeah, I, I there's, I mean, it's, my kids it's are Harbaugh. resilient. I need a night out. Yeah. So it's Harbaugh. It's like it's Harbaugh, then Kelly, and then I mean, Har- Myers not even on the list. No. There's literally, if he told me what time it was, and I looked at my watch, I'd think maybe he did something to my watch. Like that, <laughs> that's how much I trust Urban Meyer. That guy, oh boy. Um, I'll answer this one quickly. David Lowe has asked this, I think, a couple times this week. I said, what's the latest with Dante? Look, as of right now, uh, a lot of the, the, the news is that he's going to Oregon. That's what everybody says. Deep down, I have a little skepticism about that because, like, Dante's held everything so close to the vest for so long, and now he's just telling everyone that he's going to Oregon. It just doesn't add up to me. Right. Uh, I do know that Notre Dame is still recruiting him, but right now it just doesn't look like that's going to be the move. Uh, they haven't given up on it, and like I said, I'll have a lot more to say on this after a decision is made, but right now it's not trending in Notre Dame's direction, in my opinion. But I also don't think it's a done deal. I, uh, three, four days ago, all the intel I was getting is it was a done deal. But something, and, and it may be, but just there's just something that this just doesn't add up for me, Ryan, with how all this is like, this kid never let anything out. And now all of a sudden, everybody knows where he's going. 
Right. It yeah. just, I don't know, man. It's just Something doesn't, doesn't, it doesn't yeah. track. I get that. Yeah, it just doesn't yeah. seem well, but I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Let's see here. Uh, Joe Southern, give me independence or give me death. Uh, Joe, I am <laughs> with you. Uh, Archer 452, Brady Quinn talked with Josh Pate yesterday and seemed generally positive about Notre Dame joining the Big Ten. I know that is not the vibe here. Uh, who does Brady Quinn work for? Fox Sports, Fox. correct? And CBS. Who, who is Fox Both. Sports? Who is Fox Sports' biggest? Uh, what's their biggest brand right now? The Big Ten. Okay, I like this game. Keep going. Kish Square. I like this game. Yeah. <laughs> Kish Square. Notre Dame would be risking a lot to join the ACC and assume that none of these big schools jump ship anyway. Kish, I would agree with you if they just blindly jumped in. I mean, if they just blindly said, "Oh, we're going to jump in the ACC and save it," okay, what do we got to do? That would be dumb. That's not how these business decisions work. The only way that they would sign with the ACC permanently is if there were some guarantees there's from an out the conference. And there's an out clause that They're if they needed to leave clause. and all that. If, and it would be if so-and-so leaves, right? If any teams leave, we are out. And, you know, so Notre Dame would protect itself, but Notre Dame 100%. would have a pretty good idea in going in mm-hmm. that those teams were going to be committed. That would be a, that would have to be. And again, when we talk about this, that's all part of the negotiation. Right. And that's part Absolutely. of the move of the ACSMA is, is you go to, to go to the teams you're concerned about, go to Georgia Tech, go to Duke, go to North Carolina, go to Florida State, go to Clemson or whoever and say, listen, just give us a year to figure this out. Right. You know, and just just please, you know, for all, everything we've been through together, right. just give us a year. And if we don't have it all figured out in the next year, then we'll understand and we can discuss buyouts. I mean, you have to do something like that. But that would include, hey, here's our pitch. Here's what we're trying to do. We want to get Notre Dame. And if we get Notre Dame, we think that can also mean we can go do this or go do that or what, you know, whatever. Maybe there's a Penn State buyout or something like that. And they can create a North and a South division, you know, put Penn State, Notre Dame and BC and Pitt, Louisville, all them in the North and, you know, create something. I mean, then, you know, you get a couple pretty big markets there. Maybe that could be the case, but that would be something that Notre Dame would negotiate before jumping in. They would have some guarantees that those teams are going to stay. And then they would, like you said, Vince, you nailed it. They would, they would have to, they would have out clauses. It would be, it'd be, absolute requirement to have an out clause if a team leaves right any team leaves from this conference we're out and that's exactly what notre dame would do there's no question about it now when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply Got a super chat from Michael S. It says, doesn't this Big Ten change put Oregon on the sideline and maybe it makes it less attractive for Dante Moore and gets Notre Dame back in play? Talked about I, it a I, we talked about that a little I, bit. And, and I'll say this, though. I don't think it gets Notre Dame back in play, though. I think everything I said earlier was about whether or not Dante would commit to Oregon. Notre Dame is not did not get beat by Oregon in this recruitment because – of the everything stayed the same. Yeah. No, no, no. Because everything stayed the same. Something changed, and a lot of it we can't oh, get into right now. Sure, okay. This wasn't about Notre Dame did everything right, and and Dante just likes Oregon more. That's not what happened, and I can't go anywhere beyond that. But that's the thing is, so this Oregon thing would make it would mean that LSU and A and M have a better shot. There's there's other things going on that Notre Dame would have to 
I can't say a lot more, but it's it's not about that A and Oregon out recruited Notre Dame and Notre Dame did everything right and he just likes Oregon more. That's not the case. That's not the case. And again, I can't go beyond Ryan's like, oh, don't do it. He's gonna slip. He's gonna say I just see your face like you're waiting for like, me to screw it up. And I just like watching that. I like watching you dance yeah. that line. Thanks baby. a lot, guys. Thanks a lot. <laughs> all those nice things I said about you to Sean Styers in our business meeting today at lunch. Oh, brutal. I take all of it back. I take all of it back. NW Junior Super Chat. Thank you very, very much for yeah, that. Yeah, thanks. My solution, Notre Dame starts their own conference. 20 teams. Love Notre it. Dame, Penn State, Clemson, Pitt, Miami, Florida State, Stanford, Cal, Syracuse, Wake Forest, Boston College, UNC, NC State, Duke, a Texas school. Uh, I think in this instance, I think Baylor would make a lot of sense because Baylor is considered a pretty good school. Uh, right, Academically, aren't academically, they? Don't yeah. they have a good reputation? And they are a school that's based on a religious foundation, a Baptist school. Yeah. Uh, Navy, Arizona, Arizona State, Louisville, Virginia, thoughts. I, I would probably nitpick some of the teams in there, but sure. overall, I'm 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 down with it. I think I, you know what I know you've talked about this before, Brian, and but I just think it would take it would take some brass ones for Notre Dame to be like, you know what, we're making our own conference, and then they would and the, who's coming with me, and then they just put it together mm-hmm. and they just mic drop all these uh, the, you know the right. Big Ten and the SEC. Fantastic. I That'd would. Oh my gosh, I, that the would Notre, be the Notre awesome. the Notre Dame League. That would mm-hmm. be. Awesome. I would love every second of that. That would be great. That would be such a ballsy move. Yeah, it would. Yeah, it, it would have to include them get doing something with a with a network that currently isn't in the game, but wants to get in the game. Yeah, that. Yeah, you're gonna have to have all the pieces together. Right. It have to be yeah. like CBS decides. You know what we want? We want a piece of this pie. Yes. Yes. And I'm NBC's hopeless. They are so poor. They're just a joke. Completely agree. It would have to be CBS kind of saying, you know what? Because didn't CBS lose? Does CBS still have NFL? They still have NFL, don't they? Or do. is it it's no, Fox they and yeah. yeah, they have NFL. They'd have to say, you know what, we want a piece of this college football pot. Right. Because what do they have right now? The Navy Army game? Yeah. A couple AAC games, right? right. Like they're completely yeah. out since they lost the SEC. Right. And they were not willing to get into that bidding market. It'd have to, it would it'd have to be something like CBS kind of does a 180 on whether or not someone wants to be a part of college football. And then Notre Dame can jump and be like, Hey, you know what? If you're willing to invest in this, here's, here's, and I want it to all be hush hush. And then just one day they just drop it. Like all these teams are coming with us. Here's our TV contract. Eat it. And that would be great. Right. And then, and then Marcus Freeman can announce it kind of similarly the way he did the green jerseys, like Mm -hmm. reading all the mean tweets and be like, Hey, why don't we just start our own conference? Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> that, that was so great, by the way. That was awesome. Hey, Jack, why don't we start our own conference? Yeah. yeah. That, was, that yeah. would be awesome. Yeah. Yep. So when they do that, I'm taking full credit. Yep. All right. Let's get down here. That, that, that was, yeah, that's, that would be, that'd be a lot of fun. <laughs> that'd be so much fun. All right, we got another one from Mark One with another super chat. Thank you very much, Mark. Helmets, yes. they should go back to the, the the tradition students helping to paint them on Friday. What's your thoughts? They'd have to get rid of the way the helmets shine right now, correct? Yes, they would. And it's just not the way helmets are built these days, right. unfortunately. It's just the, they don't really do the paint thing anymore. The correct? technology is one that they don't paint them. They do other stuff to get the color mm-hmm. on there. And it just it unfortunately technology has advanced beyond spray paint. That's, yeah, that's un, un, and because I, yeah. I love the tradition, frankly, I thought that tradition was so cool. And to see like the the gold flex coming off after a hard hit, yeah. like that, that was awesome. It's just that's not reality anymore. I think maybe do something like where they polish them or something like that. That might yeah. be cool, but yeah, it's just 
I mean, and that's a cool tradition, but at the same time, you don't force something like that on technology that just is behind so far behind. Right. Yeah. That's just kind of my, I mean, I get what you're saying, but yeah, I, I I'm with you, Vince. I just, that was cool, but it's like, okay. It's like, it's like saying we're going to keep a grass field, you know? <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Here we go. Stoic behavior with a super chat. Thank you very much for that. Talking about running backs, looking back, Brian, would this off, what would this offense have been like with Elijah hood? Do you have any knowledge of why he decommitted from Notre Dame? I don't, I don't really remember that one a ton Mm -mm. to be completely honest with you. Um, I don't remember what caused him to, to back off. I was trying to remember when Elijah hood was, I'm trying to remember what year it was, but 2014. Yeah. That was kind of like, I was, when that whole thing happened, I was still – he was a 2014 kid, which meant his recruitment was happening at 12 and 13. Those are the two years I got it back I got back into coaching. It was just harder for me to stay locked into yeah. the day-to-day of what was going on. So I honestly couldn't tell you. Uh, I don't remember exactly what it was that caused that problem. Uh, I don't want to guess. They're running back, though. Good yeah. Back. I know – I. There's a lot of rumors and all that stuff. I, I, but I, I just, I don't want to spread rumors that I heard because I don't know it for a fact, and I never heard it from like good sources, like just message board chatter. But, um, yeah, and he's a good back. You know, he'd have been there 14, 15, 16, and seventeen. You know, he'd have been a senior on that seventeen team, running behind, you know, that seventeen O line. Pretty darn good offensive you know? line. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I got some weird questions in here that I think are fun. Uh, I love those. Poet Mind asks, yeah, I put my Brian, what is your favorite Taco Bell item? I got Uh, it. I get a cheesy gordita crunch without the sauce. I don't like the spicy ranch sauce. I get it without the sauce. But yeah, cheesy gordita crunch is probably my my favorite one from there. I'm the biggest biggest bang for the buck. So I get those boxes. Those boxes are the best deal that Taco Bell has come out with in a long time. My wife does those, but are those oh. ones you have to do to get the deal? You have to do it on your phone, your app, or something like that. They have other combos, but yeah, I do yeah. the one on my phone because it's only five bucks. Yeah, um, that's the one. Yeah, yeah I went there to try great. to order it for Ange, and they're like, "It's gonna be this." And I was like, "Hold on a second. I thought it was gonna be like five bucks. Like, well, no, you can. It's only you only get the special if you order it on your app." Mm-hmm. I was like, "Well, cancel that order," and I pulled because <laughs> it was like. It was like $16, $17 for items that would end up up that it would, were five on the deal. And I was like, yeah, yeah right. I'm going to go ahead. And-, and that's why the deal is such, it's such a good right. deal, you know, because you get right. a drink, you get a dessert, you get two. It's I'm I'm all about it. Right. Brian, do I don't, don't, I, don't I don't want to answer this because I'm going to get kicked out of the out of the. He doesn't stream. eat Taco Bell. So if you don't like Taco Bell, that's fine. I don't care. I'm, I don't like Taco Bell. I'm a little bit of a snob with Mexican food, if we're being yeah. honest. It's all good. Hey. Well, but see, here's the thing: you're, you're, isn't your like heritage Southern, like, like South South, like Florida, like South Florida? Isn't your dad from South Florida? Oh well, he was born in Florida, but yeah, yeah. So he's got a little bit that you know, got a little bit that spiciness is a little bit part of it. He lived, he only lived there for like a few months. My wife, my wife used to be that way when we first got married. She would not eat Taco Bell because it was. I mean, she grew up in San Diego. I mean, she ate like real Mexican food, like you know, and. um she, yeah, she was like that for a while, but she uh, eventually, when you live in the Midwest long enough and you realize I'm not really going to get good Mexican food, you know, although that salsa is by our house. Hey, okay. you and I go their, to. their service sucks, but the food is, food is pretty good. good. Yeah. yeah, usually pretty good. But yeah, I, uh, yeah, cheesy gorgeous. I'm not going to kick you out for not liking Taco Bell, right? <laughs> <laughs> There's others know. I might be like, all right, we need to have a talk. Somebody, I, some people are very. Yeah. No. uppity about their talk yeah. about you know so, no 
I, I go wherever the deals are and get me a quick yeah. meal. If you were to like say Chick Fil A sandwiches suck, I might be like, all right, man, come on, I got to think here. Well, I got to. Yeah, that's bad. Well, that would be a bad take. I can definitely see why people don't like taco, and I don't love Taco Bell. And that's the only reason I get the cheesy gordita crunch is because the tacos, just plain tacos, suck now. Like, I don't know the last time I got like a taco where like it didn't fall apart when you try it, and it's like soggy, yeah. it just gets gross. Yeah. The quality of Taco Bell's food has gone way down the last thing. It has, and they took a bunch of the good stuff off the menu yeah. too. And if you yeah. want a hard shell taco, you can't take it home because by the time you get it home, they don't have hard shell tacos drive. anymore. It's a yeah. five minute drive. It's soggy as all get out. You have to yeah. eat it like, okay, you got to got to Okay, got it. And then you start to eat it right away. You know? <laughs> yeah. Crunch on yeah. It. It's <laughs> gross. It's gross. Yeah. It's, it's, it's got, that's why I said the cheesy gordita crunch. The, the only thing I get there is the cheesy gordita crunch and I get the nachos and chips. That's it. That's the only thing. It's like just literally chips and nacho cheese. That's all it is. All right, here we go. We're getting going to have to wind down here pretty soon. We did get a super chat from Al Boggs. Thank you for that, Al. AJ Boggs, excuse me, AJ Boggs. Uh, Brian, are, are Notre Dame players aware of how much disrespect and hatred Ohio State has for them? If they are unaware, can you please use your sources to, <laughs> to do them? Um, they you have know, Ohio State graduate as their head coach. And and another Ohio State guy on uh, on staff on defense. I don't think hatred is going to be the angle that they take on this. No, I don't think so either. I think I think so. But the disrespect part, the first part of what AJ said, I think is there. I think I think I think Notre Dame players, and, and and I have this on pretty good authority. I do think they view themselves as disrespected. I do. I think they view themselves as just not a team that like you know it's like as individual players. There's individual players that like will read the preseason magazines and be like, what, why am I not on here? And, and, or why am I not getting talked about in this draft thing? And why am I not getting this? And why am I not getting that? And, and uh, you know, I, I think, I think that's there. I think that they do view themselves as disrespected by Ohio state and others, but you know, at the end of the day, that stuff is cool for summer workouts but I said this before, fellas, like that's all emotional stuff. Right. And as I said well, a week or two ago, emotion is out the window the first time you get hit in the mouth. Hmm. It's about your preparation. It's about your execution, your technique. It's about your game plan. It's about your ability to execute that game plan. And, and the emotion comes out of it, right? I mean, Notre Dame was fired up about Miami and the whole halftime, you know, the pregame speech. But at the end of the day, once the you know, once the thing became live, it was about the toughness, the physicality, the technique, the execution of the game plan. It was about that. It, they didn't beat Miami because Lou Holt said, save Jimmy Johnson's ass for me. Right. That set off a power. It's not like they were sitting in the locker room like, oh, I don't know if we can win this game. And then he says that and like, oh, yes, we can win this game. No, they already thought they could. And that was the thing that finally sent them out there and fired up. But the emotion part goes down once the ball is kicked off. I'm just telling you, I mean, that's how football is, man. It's like once – once, like, if you're a middle linebacker, first time that right guard is throwing 30 pounds hit you in the mouth, it's like, I don't care about the disrespect. I care about what do I need to do to beat this guy on the next play. And that's what it comes down to. And so I think emotion in football is important, but it's the emotion that and it's more of a passion for playing and executing and dominating as opposed to the disrespect. Now, some guys are good at turning that disrespect into that kind of passion. Right. But I don't think team wide it's a it's a big thing. If, if you don't have it in you already, Vince, the first time you get hit in the mouth, yeah. it's out the window. Yeah, exactly. that's the reality of it. It's I gone. I agree with that. It's gone. 
Another one here from ha- from Domer Grizz. Happy Friday. If we get Braylon James, Jaden Greathouse, Ronan Hannafin, Rico Flores, and Micah Tease to go with Merriweather from 22, what is your two deep at W, X, and Z from that group? I'm going to take Micah Tease out of that one. <laughs> yep. So Because I don't see them getting him. And I don't think they're going to push for a fifth receiver in that class. I think what this is what we talked about the other day, Ryan. If they, if they get teased, great, they'll go to five. But they're not going to force five onto it. I think at that point in time, if you're going to get five, it's you're going to try to flip a Tyler Williams, a Carnell Tate, or something like that. You're yeah. not going to take Christian Hamilton. I, at the end of the day, I think they realize like them taking Christian Hamilton was because they thought they were going to get Micah Tease. It was more of a we can use this to help convince Micah Tease, but it was more about where they felt they were with Jane Greathouse, Ronan Hannafin, and Rico Flores. Sure. It was more about that. And he wasn't good enough to be a fifth. He was more of we like him as a fourth uh, in some other areas. So, um, that's that's that. So Ryan, yes. For the question, yes. What is your alignment? Because it's not technically too deep. There's only five guys. What mm-hmm. is your alignment? What's your rotation? Who's your starters? And what's your rotation with the 2023 receiver class of Braylon James, Jane Grados, Ronan Hannafin, and Enrico Flores with Tobias Merriweather from the 2022 class? It's so difficult to. It's really difficult. But I'm gonna go. Braylon James at W. I'm going to go Tobias Merriweather at X. Jaden Greathouse at Z in the slots. I'm going to go Hannafin also at W behind uh, Braylon James. And Rico Flores is kind of my XZ move guy, right? Like he can play a little bit mm-hmm. in the slot and he can also play to the field. That's I think that's what I would go with. So you had your W was W was James and uh-huh. Hannafin. Okay. And then my X was great. I'm um, sorry. My X was Tobias. Merriweather. Merriweather. And then my Z was, was great house. And then I had Flores kind of splitting between the X and the Z. Vince, do you have anything different? I, I don't have anything to add because I have not studied these guys. So I don't want to put anything out there. You know what I mean? For, for me, I would have Tobias at X. I'd have Braylon at W. I'd have Ronan Hannafin at Z. And I'd have Rico and Jaden coming in as a rotation. Reason why is I think Rico, to me, Jaden is the guy that can do the most at all three spots. And so he would be my, he'd be the guy that he'd probably get as much reps as the other three, except maybe Tobias early on, but it would come in a different form. And I feel like putting him at this, the W or just the Z would limit my my ability to move him more, I think. It may be a little bit harder, uh, whereas I would want those other guys. You know, to me, Ronan is a Z and an X early on, maybe can play some W. Uh, I'd consider moving Braylon and Ronan at times a little bit, but that would be my that would be mine. It would be Tobias at Z or X, uh, Ronan at Z, and Braylon James at W would be mine. And then, like I said, Rico would be my uh, – Rico would rotate at both my field spots, and then Jaden would play everywhere. I'd play him everywhere and he'd get a ton of reps. It just would be a little bit of a different way of getting to those reps. That would be how I would go it. So, but I think the thing is, Ryan, there's a lot of different combos you can come up with. Right. And the reality is, is that they all kind of work. You know what I mean? Sure. Like uh, sure. that's what it, it says a lot about, about this group. Cause you and I have a very different opinion on Jaden Greathouse, but neither of us think that he's not really good. Right. It's just right. the, the degree to which we think he's really good. You know, like uh, we yeah. may have a difference of opinion on Ronan Hannafin, but it's we both think he's really good. It's just the degree and where he falls into this group. And I think that's what makes us 
this class potentially so good. Agree. Is that like if like I said, if Rico Flores ends up being your fourth best receiver good spot. in a class, yeah. you've got a really good receiving class. Really good. And Ronan will be the low if he commits another name, he'll be the lowest ranked, which is kind of hilarious to me. For now. For now. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. very, very hilarious to me. All right. Let's see here. Uh got a super chat from Mark. Vegas has great Mexican food. You guys will have to try it. BYU game. Uh try it the BYU game. I can let you know. Yeah, I always take recommendations for I'm food open to for, just about anything yeah. that weekend. Let me um, tell you. But uh have either of you guys been to Vegas before? Uh my twenty first birthday, I went with my dad. That was it. Okay. It's been a little bit. I don't even remember what I did on my twenty. It'll be almost exactly twenty years. Yeah. So yeah. Ryan, how about you? Ever been to Vegas? Have no? not. Nope. Okay. All right. I don't know. Um, I've been once for my sister's wedding, and it was the weekend that Notre Dame played Army in two thousand six. I always remember that because I was sitting at, I was getting a drink, and uh, it was in one of the casinos. I was getting a drink, and I remember watching the the game at the bar. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it was. Um, you didn't. You didn't yeah. get roofied, did you? End up no. on the roof. No. No. Okay, good. <laughs> good. no. This is no. Did you guys see that question on the uh, message board? Yes. What? Did you see that? No. Oh, about the yeah, I the did. Hangover movie. Yes, like who they I be? Did. I haven't seen I that know. movie in a really long time. I would, I would, I would be, the whole thing. I had I would no be Bradley response. Cooper. That's no, you would not. See, that's a fireball offense right there. And they said I was going to be the guy walking around with the baby attached to him, which I thought was <laughs> appropriate. Who who played that character? I, I don't even know, but it's appropriate. I, I don't remember all the all the. Names was that the guy from the Office, or was it uh, Zach Galifianakis, or whatever? His name no, Zach Galifianakis was uh, the 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 um the future brother-in-law of the okay. groom. So yeah. was Ed Helms the guy that played the dude that had the baby attached? Is that who that was? No, I don't think so. Who was the Wait. other character? Who's the other? It was Bradley Cooper, Zach Galifianakis, right? Ed Holmes. Mm-hmm. And then whoever was the guy that was stuck on the roof the whole time. Yes. He, yeah. he was the groom, right? Yeah, he, he was, was the groom. The room. Yeah. 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 They lost him on right before his wedding. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I've never seen that it's whole movie, movie. To be it's honest with you. I've never seen it's the whole movie. movie. You go watch it tonight. So yeah. Zach Galifianakis had the baby attached. That's what the guys okay. are telling me. Okay. Oh, is that so, is that who had the baby? The, oh, the you're right. That's what they're saying. So it was chat. a random baby, and they didn't know where he came from. You're right. Yeah. You're so right. Would that be yeah. you, Vince? <laughs> Apparently, I. That's yeah. my life. So that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Thank okay. God, there's no more babies. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, we had a number one indie fan. Uh, is that is that Brian Kelly? I can't tell what's in his avatar. That's so weird looking. Uh, odds we get a triple option <laughs> offense for the first drive or two of the game. I'd like to try something different, unexpected that goes with our strengths as well. Yeah, it's, called, it an R- it's called an RPO. Okay. It's Make a it handoff, happen. run, or throw. That's a triple option. No, nope. under center, double win. <laughs> Let me see it happen. Let's do it. Yeah. Dive back, A backs. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan, just like, see at what point I might just get Brian to just lose it. <laughs> Like what are the the topics that I can use to just get Brian to absolutely Kirk out right in the middle of the show? I'm he's he's, he's trying Vince. Bring bring Ricky Dobbs in as an offensive analyst. Let's do it. (laughs) Do who? Ricky Dobbs. Oh, from a Navy. Navy, yeah. Like a movie character? No. Keenan Reynolds. Is that better? If you brought Keenan back, I'd 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 dig that one. Well, did Keenan never beat Notre Dame, right? Ricky Dobbs did. Isn't Ricky, Ricky sure Dobbs? Did. No, no, no. Ricky did. Who was the quarterback? The name of the quarterback in uh, sixteen that beat him? Uh, was it Worth? Oh yeah. Was it Will Worth? Yeah, yeah something like that. He was a bigger guy, right? Yeah, Wasn't he bigger than yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Hold on a second. Let me let me look at that kid's name because he was pretty decent. Oh uh, yeah, Will Worth was the quarterback. He yeah. he could actually throw yeah. decently, right? Like he wasn't a bad. Well, remember thrower. he had that big fourth down throw to. Uh, remember the, the what was that kid? They had a real tall receiver on that team, Jamir Tillman. I liked. They Jameer always Tillman. have a tall. He was really good. <laughs> um, yeah, and he hit him. On, I think it was like a fourth down. and hit it right in front of Dante Vaughn. Like you guys remember that on that that game winning drive that they had that long, I should say, game consuming drive that they had at the end of that game. He could throw it. Yeah, I mean, you look at his numbers. To your to your point, um, Ryan, he completed sixty one and a half percent of his throws that year. Yeah, he was a he was a different type of yeah. football option quarterback. <laughs> Keenan was 53, 47, and fifty three. Yeah. Will Worth was sixty one and a half, and you know, and he was a good player. I liked that kid. I thought he was a pretty good player. Yeah, he he was good. I liked him. Their defense on that team just wasn't that good, but yeah. they had a, they had a good offense that year. They really mm-hmm. did. James uh, Tellison, Tellison, Brian, do you think that when Notre Dame negotiates the next TV contract, do you think they will want some kind of creative or production control? They kind of already have that. So um, I know that Notre Dame is able to say if something is said during a thing, Vince, I'm pretty sure on this, you you would probably know this too. They can say, I don't want that aired. Oh, and and they absolutely. have, I mean, it was people get mad at NBC for putting the Toledo game on Peacock. That yeah. was Notre Dame. Yeah. That was Notre Dame that wanted that, not NBC. Uh, Notre Dame wanted a bigger game too, if I'm not yes, mistaken. They NBC did. was it, like, you know what? Toledo was the Toledo was the compromise. Yes, that is correct. For that. Yeah. That's what we've been told. I've been told that by several good sources that Notre Dame was the one that wanted that. Because Swarbrick is really into the whole streaming thing. Right. And he wants to see how that can play out. Um, yeah, it, it it was very, very, very interesting. So yeah, I mean, there, look, Notre Dame is going to have a lot of it. If they, if they do stay independent, right. Uh, they're going to have a lot of say in that kind of thing. I mean, they are, I mean, they're going to have a lot of say in here's what we want, you know, kickoff times and all this kind of, I mean, they're, they're, you've got to, they're going to negotiate that into the contract. Of and, course. and the reality is, is everything's they're not negotiable. Gonna, the amount of money someone would have to pay them in a TV deal to kind of lose production control would be, have to be a lot. I mean, and we've seen that already before. And that's always going to be the hang up with ESPN, right? Is ESPN's not going to allow that to happen. And I think Fox would to a to degree, to a degree. Uh, Mark also says that his son just joined Irish Breakdown. So we're very, nice. very happy to hear that. Ryan, oh, here's a good be, recruiting. Go ahead. That be Mark two. Mark. Ah, well done. Thank you. That's what you get in hour three, folks. That's right. Uh, <laughs> Those are the jokes. That, that, that that's what we're here for. Mark one and Mark two. Yep. <laughs> Brian, here's a question for you, a recruiting question for you. And I'm going to throw this yes. to you because I know how high you are on both of these players. So um, his uh, Michael Campbell says that Jaden Greathouse is Notre Dame's Jackson Smith and Jigba. Now, let me say this. I, I want you to look at this not so much from a style of play standpoint because they're very different athletes. One's skinny sure. and taller and one's thick, big and th- – I mean, I would say right now Jaden Greathouse is thicker right now than Jackson Smith oh, is right now. For sure, yeah. V- Production-wise, dominance-wise, could you see Jaden Greathouse being that kind of player? And this is kind of like ultimately what kind of player do you think he could be? If Jaden Greathouse is who you think he is – yeah. From a production dominant standpoint, could he be that kind of player for another day? I mean, if we're comparing production, I mean, Jackson Smith and Jippy just had like 1600 yards last year, mm-hmm. right? Like he was mm-hmm. had one of the better seasons that we've seen receiving wise over the last few years. I'd say 
similar, not quite to that degree. I don't think I don't think he's ever going to have the volume that Jackson. What's well, a different offense? Like yeah, right? for sure, for sure. Yeah, different emphasis, different right. offense, different scheme, for sure. Yeah, I would say though, I I could see him being a high volume pass catcher. I could be a, see him being a thousand yard receiver, and I could see this one similarity from a stylistic perspective. I guess is that. Jackson Smith and Jigga spends a lot of time in the slot and he could do some things outside. I also think that Jaden Greathouse could be a really good slot. I really mm-hmm. do. And it will look, it'll look a lot different than how Jackson Smith and Jigba wins. But I think that where he can win areas of the field can be similar. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Good one. Let me see if we got any more down here before we wrap up. There's a lot of questions that we couldn't get to, but uh, you know, obviously we, we just get so many good ones nowadays uh, that we just can't get to them all and we're kind of at that three hour mark and uh i'm we, we got we got stuff to do and we and have so a second show today too we do so. <laughs> we do and i'm getting ready to to, to print to, to go into that one and make make sorry i look here real quick uh man you know what like okay you're gone we we have ohio state fans that come in here and they're really well, cool archer's really cool about that right like i like Archer. Yeah. i hope he stays he, he th- this guy was being needled though in my i opinion. don't care I don't care. It's I, Notre Dame chat. I like, understand that. But I don't the, care. He's being needled so, by guys. They need well, to take it down. He won't be needled anymore because he's out of the chat. Yeah, I was about so, ready to kick hey, out the Notre Vince, Dame person too. Then go Vince, for it. Vince is the dad of the group. So yeah, yeah. everybody just needs yeah. to settle down. Decision maker here. So uh, as we always say, everybody hit that like button. So we got to kick one of you out of here. Let's get Ryan out of here so we can show that Ryan. We we love you, but we got to bring it up, man. Uh, hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Hit the notification bell. Share this uh, this video. Hey, you know what? May say K finally bringing it. Here we go. Join there it the is. Board. Hit that. See, we can we can bring Brian back now. Ryan back now. I feel bad. He looked all sad and lonely down there, out of there. Uh, join the IB message board. Hit that like button. Hit the subscribe. Hit the notification bell. Share this podcast. Leave a five star review if you are listening via podcast. Visit the IB store for only the best merch. And as always, go Irish. Uh, thanks everybody. Have a great day. Rest of your day. We'll have a great two hours. We'll see you all back here very very shortly. <laughs> Uh, on the Irish Breakdown Podcast. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day from Movement. 
Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried and true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.